I'm Meg Dahl, your unbreakable host. Welcome to the show. Welcome back. So excited to be sitting down with you today and chatting about something I'm really passionate about. So last week in a one-on-one session with my client, she was telling me about how her favorite type of podcast episodes to listen to are recovery-related episodes. And she was telling me that whenever I release a recovery-related episode, those are always her favorites. So I realized that I have been talking a lot about somatic work lately, and obviously that plays a huge role in the recovery process and kind of explaining the healing work that I do with my clients to support them throughout their recovery. But we haven't really done a recovery Q&A episode in a while, I don't think. So on Instagram last week, I put up a question sticker, asked for your recovery-related questions, and I said that it could be recovery about eating disorders, disordered eating, hypothalamic amenorrhea, or just recovery in general if the word recovery just kind of resonates with you or lands with you. So I received so many questions and it got me really excited. And so since there were so many questions that came my way, I could not answer them all in a single podcast episode because, first of all, there were so many. Second of all, I really do like getting into questions and not just giving kind of like quick answers. Um, But also, I know a lot of you have also shared with me that you do prefer the episodes that are around about 30-ish minutes versus the 60-minute episodes. And honestly, I prefer, like, when I'm sitting down to listen to a podcast episode, I love the ones that are about 30 minutes. So I'm going to see if I can kind of batch the questions that I received and kind of group them into categories. So... Like I said, I said that the questions that you send me could be eating disorder, disordered eating, or hypothalamic amenorrhea-related recovery questions. And so in this episode, we are going to dive into the HA, so the hypothalamic amenorrhea recovery questions. That's what this episode is all about. So if you are currently on a journey of trying to recover your period, or maybe you 
at this point in your life don't even really know what HA is and but you do know that you don't have a period this is a great episode to listen to because we're going to be talking about how to get your period back and just answering those types of questions that I received on Instagram now If you are new to this topic, or maybe you are new to my podcast episode, I went through my personal HA recovery during the last part of 2018 and the beginning part of 2019. So if this topic interests you, you can either search the Unbreakable You podcast, Hypothalamic Amenorrhea, or the Unbreakable You podcast, HA, or you can scroll and keep scrolling and scrolling and scrolling all the way down to when you can kind of see 2018, 2019. I have a lot of HA recovery content and podcast episodes for you if you want to scroll down and specifically listen to those podcast episodes. But obviously, it would just be easier even just to search the Unbreakable You podcast and HA or hypothalamic amenorrhea wherever you listen to your podcast episodes. So today, we'll just get to your questions. So one of the questions that I received asks about HA recovery time frame. So she says, can I set a realistic goal so it doesn't feel never ending? So I really like this question because I have worked with so many clients throughout the years and no one has had the exact same time frame. So I'm sure this listener isn't going to really love my answer, but I really don't think we can go into HA recovery and have any idea of an exact time frame of how long from start to finish it is going to take us to recover our periods back. I have worked with clients in the past who have come to me starting their HA recovery journey and the next month they have gotten their period back. And in my personal journey and some of my other clients, they have come to me or I began my period recovery journey or my clients have and mine personally took almost a year to the date like it was nearly exactly an entire year so it was August 2018 when I began and I got my period back in August 2019 and like the year anniversary of that was literally days apart and I've had clients with similar experiences around that one year mark or maybe a little bit sooner or a little bit later so out of all the clients that I've worked with we can really see such a 
wide range of when we actually get our periods back when we begin HA recovery. So answering this question about can I set a realistic goal so it doesn't feel never ending, I feel like if we kind of set a deadline for ourselves, that can actually be adding stress to the HA recovery journey. And also, as a somatic experiencing practitioner, one of my goals and something that my clients and I work on together is really dropping down into our bodies and bringing awareness into our bodies rather than be living in the mind. And that's really what I think of when I read this question about this HA recovery timeframe and setting kind of like this goal. And that's very like cognitive, it's very mental. And think of how many times in your life where maybe you set some type of expectation for yourself or some type of mental timeline or agenda for yourself. You know, we we do that a lot, even outside of recovery, right? We might in high school do this without really even realizing like we might think okay by the time I'm this age I'm going to be graduated from college or university and by this age I'm going to get a job and by this age I'm going to be married and by this age I'm going to be pregnant and then by this age my family is going to be complete with this many kids right so we can live our lives with this mental agenda or this mental timeline and what I know to be true about that is that life really doesn't happen that way and that can actually bring in a lot of feelings of frustration and just being kind of like unsettled in our life and feeling like Things aren't going right when actually they are going exactly as planned, but it's just different than what our mental timeline or this thing that we held in our minds, um, it's going differently than that. And I want to bring that into recovery here because like I said, um, I've never seen you know, I've never worked with like five clients at a time and all of them got their periods back at the exact same time, right? We're all so unique and our journeys are all so very different. And there's really no way for me as a practitioner to tell you what a right timeline is. And you also can't set some, well, you can, but There's really no way of knowing when your period's going to come back and what that realistic timeline or a realistic goal is for you. Another thing that I want to touch on when we're talking about setting a realistic goal for HA recovery is 
I've ha- I've worked with a lot of clients in the past who on our discovery call will tell me that they kind of like white knuckled their way through recovery and then they come to me because they actually ended up getting their period back because they like white knuckled their way through it but now they're dealing with the kind of overwhelm in their system from doing way too much way too fast all at once and it was just pretty overwhelming to their system and now we're needing to kind of work through that sort of stuff and so that's another thing that I want to talk about when I'm kind of like advising you not to set a like mental agenda or these expectations on yourself because I think when we approach recovery without some type of mental agenda or mental timeline you know it can really start to support the relationship that we have with our bodies and kind of foster support this trust that we have in our bodies that if we are showing up every single day and doing the things that we need to do in order to gain our periods back or recover from HA, then our periods are going to come exactly when our body is ready for them to come. So that's what I want to say on that about why I really don't think it's beneficial for recovery to set some type of time frame. Now, what I will add to that is if you are truly showing up every single day, being consistent with recovery, because recovery isn't one of those things, you know, if we really do want to recover and get our periods back, recovery isn't one of those things where we can just kind of be doing it one week and then we'll go like a month without really, you know, showing up and doing the actions that need to be taken in order to get our periods back. And then after a month, it's like, okay, maybe I'll do that again, right? So recovery for getting your period back, like it really has to be consistent recovery of any type, right? If we're wanting to get from point A to point B, like we really have to show up every day and take these positive, supportive actions for ourselves. And by being consistent, that's really going to support us in getting to recovery and getting our periods back much more quickly, right? Like if we're not consistent, that's not going to be supporting this timeline. So let's say we are showing up every day, we're being consistent with our recovery journey, and we're doing the things that are truly supporting our bodies to get our periods back. I would say, you know, if you wanted to give yourself, and I say, three months because when we start to make changes for our body and specifically our hormones, it can take up to three months to notice 
some type of shift. So I'm not saying give yourself three months to get your period back. What I'm saying is let's give ourselves three months. And if by those three months, literally nothing has changed, like let's say we haven't seen any positive changes or any shifts towards signs of regaining your cycle, then I would say, and hopefully you're working with a practitioner, but after those three months, I would say then you might have to actually look at those action steps and see, you know, where things might need to be adjusted. Okay. So what I mean by this, and maybe you're like, can you give me an example, right? So when I started my HA recovery back in 2018, like I said, for years, like (laughs) over a decade of my life, I had no cervical mucus at all. It was completely dry down there. Okay. No TMI here, but like zero cervical mucus for over a decade. I committed to recovery in August of 2018. And by September, I was noticing changes in my cervical mucus. So it took a month to see changes. But when we're working with hormones, I really do like to give the body three months to reflect those changes back. You might be able to notice changes or shifts in how your body is responding to your HA recovery actions. You might be able to notice that sooner than three months, but I would say give your body three months. And hopefully within those three months, you are seeing positive changes towards getting your period back. If by the end of those three months, there's literally no changes and it might not be cervical mucus, but every client's different. I, when working with clients, I would have a really good idea of what their symptoms are, what they're not experiencing, right? And so we, every week in our sessions, we would be checking in on how the body's responding and how it's communicating and what's different and what's not different. And if by the end of those three months, literally nothing has changed at all, like I said, we're going to go back and see what actions need to kind of be adjusted and how that's going to look for that individual client. So like I said, we're not looking for a full-on like period recovery by the end of three months, but I would say within three months, we definitely do want to be seeing some type of positive shifts that are indicating that, hey, maybe our hormones are coming back online, okay? And like I said, if nothing changes at all, then that's where we can kind of start to look at the actions and start to make kind of like course correcting or making shifts um, and seeing what needs to change. Now, I would kind of follow that routine and making sure we're monitoring those positive shifts that show that the hormones are coming back online. 
And I have worked with so many clients and every single one of my clients has recovered her period. And like I said, all of those timelines have been different from one month to over a year. But it's really, I would say, you know, if the time frame is starting or if your recovery journey is feeling never ending, I'd be curious because I don't know this listener that sent in this question. So I really don't know how long she's been at recovery for. And I mean, sometimes a month can feel really long, but just to put things into perspective for you, recovery can definitely take much longer than that. It can take up to a year. So that's what I'd kind of be curious about when it comes to this listener who sent in this question, um, because she said, you know, maybe like recoveries feeling never ending for her, but I would be curious, like how long she's actually been at it and just to be patient with herself and trust that her body is doing its absolute best. And remember, your body does want to function properly. I think I, when I was going through HA recovery, that's something that I always kept coming back to was because I was in recovery for a year for HA, right? It took me an entire year to get my period back. And And at times, did I have some kind of like thoughts about, oh my gosh, am I ever going to get my period back? Like it's taking so long, right? I don't think I was ever um, really frustrated with my body, but sometimes I would have some doubts pop up in my mind because I didn't have a period for 12 years. But I think something else to remember or even bring awareness to is that you didn't lose your period over the course of like a month, right? It was probably actions that were taking place over the course of many months or the course of years that led to a missing period. And then also how long was your period gone for? Was it just a couple months and then you started to take that seriously and begin HA recovery or were you missing a period for years, right? I always like to remind my clients and I even reminded myself of this when I was going through HA recovery is, you know, if I didn't have a period for 12 years how did I expect my body to just bring it back or feel like it could trust me and recover within like the matter of months? So I think that's where my personal patience came from when I was going through HA recovery was I knew that I didn't have a period for over 12 years and I just had no expectations on myself to get it back that fast. And just going back to those mental expectations that we can place on ourselves, I think that's something just from my personal journey that helped me. I didn't place those mental expectations on myself. And I think that's why committing to HA recovery for an entire year, like it didn't feel like this never ending 
thing for me because I didn't place those expectations on myself. I think when we place those expectations on ourselves and kind of are carrying that on us, it can feel really never ending, like this listener said. So I would even encourage her to experiment with removing those expectations or that time frame because the recovery process journey is likely going to be a lot more enjoyable and not so like never ending if she doesn't have those expectations looming over her. So next question is how to recover from hypothalamic amenorrhea when fertility is your goal and you are so ready for a baby. So I think for most people, you know, um, they are recovering their periods and their bodies back to a place to maybe have a baby someday or because they are ready for a baby. So I just want to let this listener know that she's definitely not alone in this. This is definitely, you know, the main reason um, why people would want to recover from HA and that be their goal, essentially. And since her question says how to recover from HA, when fertility is your goal, honestly, regardless of your goal, um, HA recovery looks the exact same. You have to address the deficit and the stressors in your life. So whenever I work with a client on HA recovery, we're looking at those two things first and foremost. We're going to be looking at the deficit. So what's creating the deficit in your life? Are you eating enough, but you're over-exercising? Are you not eating enough? Or is it both? Are you over-exercising and you're not eating enough? And so we want to look at what's driving that deficit and then also what's filling up that stress bucket too, because when we are experiencing hypothalamic amenorrhea, the body does not feel safe enough to have a monthly bleed. So the body doesn't actually feel safe enough to be like, okay, I can actually carry a baby right now. So when the body doesn't feel safe, we want to get curious about, okay, what's causing the body to not feel safe? And that's really where I start with my clients. So when this listener says how to recover, that is how, regardless of your goal, regardless of whether or not you want a baby like tomorrow or you just realize that having your period back is an extremely important factor in your health. The goal can change, but how to recover from HA does not change. Like the how, the action steps that you need to take on a daily basis really do not change, even if the goal is different from one person to the other. So... If this listener has not yet began their HA recovery, I would say start there, look at those two things, 
and it can be incredibly beneficial and supportive to be working with a practitioner that is well-versed in the HA recovery space. So that can be myself. If you're interested in working with me, I do work one-on-one with clients at the moment, and I do have some spots open for one-on-one clients. So if you're interested in working with me, by all means, you can reach out to me. We can schedule a discovery call, and I'd be happy to meet with you and talk about ways in which we can work together. And if that's not me, there are so many other practitioners out there that are focused on supporting their clients through HA recovery. You just, I think the most important thing when working with a practitioner is working with someone that you like vibe with and mesh well with. And honestly, that's why I offer discovery calls before I start working with a client. It's very rare that I start working with a client before a discovery call, but sometimes someone just emails me and they're like, Meg, I've been following you for years. I love your style. I just want to start working with you and we don't have a discovery call. That has happened um, a few times in my career with clients that I'm working with right now. That's happened with clients and it's fun because that just tells me that they know for sure that they want to work with me. But I do offer discovery calls because, like I said, I think it's really important to make sure that you and I meet first, that we feel like we get along really well, and we just kind of establish somewhat of a little bit of a relationship before beginning to work together. So if that sounds like something you're interested in, I always have my contact links in the show notes if you're interested, but... Like I said, there are so many incredible practitioners in the recovery space. So if you don't feel called to work with me, then there's so many other practitioners out there. But going back to the question about how to recover, I do think it is extremely beneficial to work with a practitioner. And maybe you're seeing this practitioner weekly, maybe you're seeing them bi-weekly or maybe it's like a once a month thing I think that really depends on you and the type of support that you need and like the frequency of that support as well so when it comes to me and my clients I offer weekly and bi-weekly sessions and so a lot of my clients will start working with me on a weekly basis and then will fall back into bi-weekly once they feel like maybe they don't need that weekly support anymore or you know they might just start off bi-weekly and then move to weekly and I'm very flexible with how my clients um, meet with me but typically I see clients on a weekly or bi-weekly basis and you can see all about my offerings on my website. So let's do one last question because this question could kind of either go both ways. It wasn't specifically about HA recovery, but I know this is a question that comes up a lot in HA recovery. So I thought I would just lump it in with the HA recovery questions. So that is how to find a balanced training schedule or routine that supports 
recovery. And I just added in the recovery on the end. So if you are the listener that sent in this question, um, the last bit got cut off. It just said how to find a balanced training routine that supports. So I'm just assuming that you meant supports recovery because that's what these questions were um, about. So we're just going to go with that. And so I really like this question. Um, And like I said, this is a question that comes up a lot, especially with HA recovery, because you don't technically need to stop working out in order to get your period back. I've worked with a lot of clients that have kept movement in um, and obviously moving your body is an important piece of health and life, but I do think recovery provides us with this opportunity to really like relearn what a healthy level of exercise is and just really kind of relearn that but also find it for ourselves so how to find a balanced training routine that supports recovery now I do want to name that you know there are times in recovery depending what type of recovery you are in um, and where you're at in your journey where training and I'm assuming when she says training this is like working out lifting weights typically when people refer to their workout routine as training that's like weightlifting now although that is something that can support a healthy person or support someone's health, support an individual moving closer to health, there are times in a person's life where training actually doesn't support moving closer to health. And it actually creates moving closer to health and moving closer to recovery. It, it, it makes that more difficult. So when it comes to including training in recovery, that's what I would be curious about. Um, Okay, so is this training actually moving us closer to recovery? Or is it creating more stress and um, making it more difficult to recovery? Now, A lot of people don't see training or working out as a stress because it feels so good, right? I love working out. And when I talk about training and recovery, I think a lot of people, (laughs) because I just think a lot of people don't realize like that I really genuinely value working out and lifting weights like it's truly one of my favorite things to do so I'm not just saying like hey you know there's sometimes in life where this isn't supportive I'm not saying that because like I don't like working out okay like I genuinely love working out so I just want to be honest with you but as much as I love training and lifting weights there's been times in my life where I've had to take time off from it because 
I was either (laughs) told to by my doctor, so that was during my eating disorder recovery, or at the very tail end of my HA recovery, I just stopped working out and then I got my period back. So there's definitely been times in my life where I have made the decision or had to just kind of drop working out for a little bit. But um, basically what I'm trying to say is I think we have to all understand that no matter how great training lifting weights, whatever it is, no matter how great it feels and how much we love it and maybe how much less stressed we feel when we do it, regardless of that, it is still a stress on the body. So for an example, I did a workout yesterday. I left my workout feeling awesome I felt great during my workout. I had a great workout. I hit some numbers that I haven't hit in a while for my back squats. So overall, it was a great workout, okay? My body didn't feel stressed. I felt great all day yesterday, right? So like nothing wrong there. But regardless of all of that, working out and placing those demands on my body is still a stress, okay? So when it comes to HA recovery and working towards getting our period back, remember what I said before, recovering from HA requires us to look at that stress bucket or why is our body stressed out? Why doesn't our body feel safe right now? Right. And so that's why you might see practitioners suggesting clients take off time from training. And it's not because we're mean or it's not because we just like telling you not to work out, but it's because we're really wanting to address those stressors. Now, like I said, can you work out during? recovery, I think some people can. And I've worked with clients who have and have gotten their periods back while working out. Okay. Um, If you, what I have also noticed is dropping exercise. So reducing the stress is going to bring your period back in most cases, even more quickly. So if you are one of those individuals who wants to get their period back kind of like as fast as possible, that would be one of my suggestions for you is looking at how you're exercising and um, it might be some, it might be a good idea to really dial that back for a period of time. And so I feel like I haven't actually answered the question though, how to find a balanced training routine that supports recovery. And although I do really love this question, I do think it's like a hard one to answer because everyone's starting recovery at a different place. And 
And um, it really, uh, in my personal and professional opinion, it really depends on the client. Um, I would kind of have us have a conversation about their training routine and explore that together. But I do think that it is possible to continue training during recovery, um, depending on where you're at, though. That is not for everyone. Um, I did mention before when I was going through eating disorder recovery, I wasn't allowed to work out under the like advice of my doctor. And I think it's really important. It was really important for me to not work out during that time in my life because when you're hardly eating anything, like I had anorexia and when like I was eating very little at that time and really struggling with my relationship with food and it would have just, you know, I would be maybe taking one step forward every day. And if I included training in my routine, that would have just sent me like 10 steps backwards. You know what I mean? So that's what I mean when I talk about including training into your routine during recovery is like, we want to make sure that your training isn't like the five or 10 steps backwards when you're taking like one or two steps forward every day, because that's really going to make recovery so challenging. So to do a balanced training routine, it would be something that I would say like kind of complements the efforts that you're doing every day. So it's something that isn't taking those five or 10 steps backwards, right? And so that would really depend on the client and also the type of um, workouts you're doing as well. Honestly, this would be something that I wouldn't feel like confident. Like I, I just don't feel able to give an exact um, example of what a training routine would look like because it truly will be so different for everyone. So that's kind of what I'll say for my answer there is if you're trying to find a balanced training routine that actually does support recovery, we really want to make it, make sure that it is supporting your recovery. And in order to do that, it's not 10 steps backwards or even two steps backwards when you're taking one step forward every day, right? We really want it to be supportive for your recovery. And that truly is going to look different for everyone. But like I said, I think it's really, really important to just know that training is a stress on the body. And perhaps for a period of time, we do need to eliminate as many stressors as we possibly can. And you know what, like exercise is kind of one of those stressors that we can actually control, right? Like that is a very easy 
one to like not easy but you know it's going to be challenging if you feel addicted to exercise but what I'm saying is you know there's a lot of stressors in life that we can't control and exercise actually is one of those ones that we have a lot of say over so that's what my answer is there I love talking about this stuff obviously and we're now at nearly 45 minutes so I'm gonna wrap up here but next week is gonna be part two of answering your questions there'll probably be more eating disorder related questions so if you are over on Instagram um, you can always send me a message or like I always say the best way to get a hold of me is through email so my email is linked up for you in the show notes if you do have any specific podcast requests or questions to add to the recovery related questions so thank you so much friends for tuning in with me again this week it's been a blast and i'll see you next week 